Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Victoria Rader to the show today. Possibility coach, transformational speaker, and founder of YouShine, which empowers coaches, entrepreneurs, and spiritual seekers to manifest miracles by uncovering and solving underlying hidden problems and patterns with innovative possibilities reigniting passion and expanding peace, purpose, and our prosperity. Our guest is an eight times internationally best-selling author who's globally recognized along with Breen Brown, Richard Branson, and others with their creative and innovative ideas, adaptability to business, and contribution to sustainability and mental health projects with Korea Global Award by Brains Magazine. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Victoria Rader to the show. Thank you, Jason. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled to have you. And as I was saying before we even start recording, You're a specialist in one of my favorite areas, manifestation. And I just think that a lot of people say that there's no magic. And I believe manifestation is like one of those things that could constitute magic if you allow it to do so in the sense of it's an unexplained power that we have within ourselves that should we master it, it could really transform our lives. And I want to ask you, based on your own personal experiences with manifestation, what would you recommend to our audience if they struggle themselves? with trying to do this stuff, but they just seem like they don't get it done. What would you recommend? I define manifestation very simple for uh, terms. I look at manifestation as possibility transformed into reality, period. And uh, I am not better at manifestation than anyone who's listening right now. I'm better at awareness and intention of what I manifest. We're all manifestation experts and we manifest either with awareness and what we want or unaware and what we don't want. That's the only difference. So I would say I'm an awareness guru over the manifestation guru. I'm no guru at all. That is a joke in and of itself. But if you are listening, and if you were to tune into the channel of your own mind, you will find an answer to your reality. Just imagine that you're having this running channel in your brain, and you all of a sudden, instead of fully participating in it, you just tuned in. Listen carefully to the flow 
of the thoughts and the emotions. And you're going to see that the same reality that is flowing through your brain is the reality that is reflecting back at you with a bit of a delay. And you were from seven minutes, seven days, seven weeks, seven years, depending on the delay, depending on how long the pattern is. So that's what manifestation is. It's not that we learn how to manifest. It's that we learn how to be aware of what we are manifesting and how to shift that awareness to manifest something we'd rather have. I, I love the way you just said that because it's like, for anyone that get their arms around this, I feel like they struggle sometimes. And it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like you said, we all have it within ourselves. What would you think in terms of your personal understanding is there something to unlock within ourselves, you think, that needs to be explained further to somebody understanding this? Or what would you think on that? Yeah, absolutely. I jokingly say that Shakespeare was the greatest metaphysician of our time because he said to be or not to be, that is the question. And we're actually answering that question. What do our subconscious mind, the vehicle that aligns us with manifestation and seeing things in our life, really. Manifestation is seeing what's obvious to everybody else. And if you look at your life and you go, what does it mean to be or not to be? We cannot have a negation of our subconscious. What do I mean by that? I'm going to do right now for us here. I'm going to ask you, Jason, and everybody else to not think about your kitchen. Do not think about your kitchen. Do not think of your refrigerator. Do not think whether it is stainless steel or black. How well did we do? And just, our brain doesn't work like that. And it's, okay, fine, kitchen, I'm there all the time. Let's together not think about the elephant. Let's all not think about the elephant. Do not think about the elephant. Even if you forced yourself to think of a mouse, just to prove the point, the second the force was lifted, you were thinking of an elephant. So our brain has no capacity to not think about what is being suggested either negatively or positively, period. So once you understand that and you understand it's all the same for your brain, whether you're thinking, I want to be fit or I don't want to be fat, but it doesn't hear, I don't want, I don't want to. All of a sudden, you understand, wait a minute, for the last 45 years, 20 years, 60 years, doesn't matter. I've been losing weight. That's because you've taught your brain to lose weight. You want, and to lose weight, you have to have extra weight. It's doing exactly what you're manifesting. Dude, you want to keep losing weight? I'm so good. I'm giving you weight to lose. We're such a good team. Now, that's an exaggerated example, but it's very true. So as you hear yourself saying, I don't want this. Analyze that, pause and say, what would I rather want instead? And when you can be more excited about wanting and having that in your life already, and we're going to go to the next step, but the first step is find out what it is that you don't want and you're manifesting 24-7. I don't want to get, I don't want to get COVID. I don't want to get COVID. Oh my gosh, I have COVID. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, we all did. And so that's the pattern. That's the awareness pattern to be or not to be. That's to me the most important little tip right now. And a lot of us going to number two, the reason we're manifesting what we don't want, because we know it. We all know what we don't want. I don't want any more anywhere from being tired to injustice. I don't want this. I'm Ukrainian. Oh, wow. It's very hard for me not to want the war in yes. Ukraine. Daily, I have to tell myself, I want peace. Because the second I do not want the war, 
I'm adding the energy of anger and frustration and hatred, and I'm co-creating the atrocity. I'm human. I might be an aware human, but that is my personal daily choice. I've got to want peace more than I don't want the war. And once the globe shifts to understand it, we can then manifest as a society, not just as an individual. That's the journey. And that's a gorgeous journey. I love the way you just expressed all of that. I just have one thing, a couple of things that one, I believe a hundred percent. I always pray every morning for peace in Ukraine. I feel the same way you do. My heart goes out to Ukraine and I want to do anything we can to help bring that peace quicker. And we can all manifest it by thinking peace, let it happen. I pray for that. Secondly, while you were talking about the kitchen earlier, I was resisting. As you were saying it, my mind resisted you. I had to think about my stainless steel refrigerator and I had to think about the stuff on my counter because you said, don't think about it. For whatever reason, I couldn't help it. Nobody can. None of us can. That's how it works. It's cool. That's just a, that's a, a very clear example of an exercise where people have to learn to separate. I call it the noise pollution in their mind, the thought pollution. You got to learn to separate out those thoughts that you, you can't utilize to manifest effectively. You got to be concise. You got to be specific. You got to be focused. Those I 100% agree with everything you're saying in, in reference to that. And I love the way that you just gave that example because it demonstrated firsthand to me exactly how people could be resulting, re re resisting this stuff without even realizing it because it's intrinsic within them. Yeah. And so the two big tips to follow up on that. So the first one you go, okay, I got it. I manifest exactly what I don't want. And how do I learn to manifest what I want? Great. That's the first step. And so most of us don't know how to want things. Either we were punished for wanting things, we were humiliated or made ashamed. Money doesn't grow on trees. By the way, paper money does grow on trees. So there you have it. Okay. Okay, people, dollars are made from paper. They grow on trees. Money, paper money grows on trees. Let's just settle that. But we've been choked aside. We've been punished or embarrassed to want anything as kids. We were called greedy because we wanted things. And so there is this hesitation to want. Am I a jerk to want things? Am I a selfish person to want things? And it's no. It's only true if you believe that you can only have it. It costs somebody else not having it. That's that hurdle. The hurdle of understanding in the abundant universe. You wanting and having something does not need to prevent somebody else from wanting and having it too. That's a huge mental shift. And then I give four questions of finding out what you really want. What do I mean by that? A lot of us think we want things or we want what we think we should want or better or worse yet, we want what others want for us and we cannot manifest what we're not passionate and authentic about. And then people say, well, this doesn't work for me because I really wanted this. And I ask a question, really? Did you really want? Or was it just something that you thought you wanted? So how do we find what we want? Four questions without skipping the sequence. Why? Because the sequence opens a new level of conscious and subconscious mind. First question you're going to write down. What is it that I want? And everything that comes to mind for three minutes. Everything from the new shoes to the new house to the solar panels to peace in Ukraine. Everything that I want, three minutes at least of a flow. I want this. And if you don't know how to start with categories, for my relationships, I want. For my job, I want. For my 
lifestyle I want for my home. I want for my dog I want. So see, now we're flowing of what I want. Oh my gosh, I didn't know I wanted so many things. You're writing everything you wanted. And the second question is, what do I want the most? That's the new tier of subconscious mind. What do I want the most? And the third question is, what outcomes do I want? Because you see, you can think you want a new car, but you really want a new car because you feel you'll be more confident in a new car. And if you got the new car, but you're not confident, you're confident 30 seconds later, we're back at square one. So what outcomes do I want? And finally, the last question, what outcome do I want the most? Look, I have chills as I say it. I've said it so many times, but I feel so strongly every time I say it. Once you've done that gorgeous self-discovery work, you find the outcome that you want, and then you ask a million-dollar questions. What is the one thing I am to do today to have more of this outcome in my life? And why do I have more? Because your first thing is to recognize where you have some of it already. Because you can only have more of what you already have. So if you want a new home, be grateful for the roof you have. That's where you start. So that's gold. That's gold. I was feverishly writing down just now my notes because anytime I get an opportunity to test out, approach a paradigm, a way of methodology of utilizing and mastering manifestation, it becomes like Christmas in fill in the blank time of year for us. I feel very strongly about that. I think the way you just raised your questions, I'm going to start utilizing to see about, because I know when I'm more specific, when I focus, my manifestations become clearer. When I'm more concise, it becomes something that it's learn how to drive, going to driving school, getting the tidbits, right? We all learn knowledge through different experiences. You coming on today, it's like giving me this experience to appreciate firsthand what you're talking about and having the ability to master this even further would be such a gift. And I think anyone in our audience that can take this seriously, I encourage them to do the same. They should all take notes to what you're saying. I'll have this in the show notes. I like the way you also talk about being passionate and authentic about what you need to manifest, because I think that's that aligns with what I talk about when you try to visualize and have the power of intention. And that's for me as a psychic, I do. I visualize a future outcome of what I'd like. And then I try to manifest that through my own processes, but this is going to help me. I can tell you that in reference to like your own mastering of this stuff, what have you found to be the biggest challenge for yourself as you realize you could do this and be more precise and what's been your experience? Giving a permission to not want anything, but the one true desire, which is to be a true vehicle in God's hands, giving myself permission to take a chill pill and say, I already have a beach hole. I've been to 40 countries. Do not force myself to want what I don't want. Give myself permission to live exactly that and to surrender completely to saying there's only one thing I want passionately with every fiber of my being, being in that space of a space and time as the best vehicle for divine will. Because the joy of doing that and being that is so far beyond any other comprehension. So truly giving myself permission to want one thing and one thing only every day without explaining it or feeling that, oh my gosh, I train people how to manifest things and am I a fraud? Because I'm like, I'm not into that stuff anymore. And then understanding, wait a minute, it is a luxury of having gotten through a journey 
that you can't skip so that you can surrender that. You, and that's the, biggest, that's the biggest challenge for me to be like, I know this works. And all of a sudden say, and I don't really do it because it's relevant in my life. Wow. Okay. That's, that's a humble pie. And so what I do and what I do intentionally manifest to your point is for the last two decades, every year I've asked what my theme for the year is. And then at the end of the year, I stand in amazement seeing how it plays out. In 2016, my theme for the year was helping hands, healing hearts, expanding joy. And I thought, yeah, that's what I do. I do energy healing. I help people lie, see it. I'm joyful. Every month is cool. And then in December, my baby nephew is born with five heart conditions. And every single healing modality and every bit of faith that I've ever acquired is put on the line. It's scheduled for his first heart surgery 24 hours, 48 hours after his birth. And we are witnessing a miracle of his correctation, which is the artery that's not closing, which does not allow oxygen being opened within 240 images. And then his two little valves being restored and repaired within months, avoiding another surgery. And then the hole in his heart being gone. And then the murmur being gone. And the miracle of it. Without me ever confusing my role, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm not the source of healing. His infinite intelligence of his tiny body and the infinite intelligence that has created that tiny body, that's the healing. But in quantum physics, a healing needs a witness. So that theme for the year has been the most miraculous thing for me. So now I empower my clients that are into, I call it surrendered manifestation, meaning I surrender my will to divine will to manifest through me things that are so miraculous that I could have never envisioned for me. So if somebody is saying, yeah, I want that. And the reason I didn't want to manifest a new car because my soul felt empty. But now that you're talking right to me, now that's just a different category of a soul development, right? So what you do is there are different three questions. In the beginning of the year, you ask, what is my theme for the year? And you ponder and you receive the answer, just like you would receive, what is the color I'm thinking about? And the blue comes or pink. <laughs> We're very predictable purple for three of us. Okay, fine. We got the color or red. Okay. The same way you pondering, you say, what is my theme for the year? You allow for that to come in. And then every month, this is, we're going to get more specific. Jason loves it. I love it because it's true. Every month you're going to say, what is the theme for the months for me that supports my theme for the year? Now that's your intention for the months. And the real miracle happens in this last question that through hundreds, thousands probably of sessions, every word's been polished. And that is every day, first thing in the morning, you wake up after you pray, meditate, whatever spiritual practice you go through, you're going to say, what is the one decision I'm to make or one action I am to take today to support my theme for the month in the most aligned, best and highest way. So now you have an inspired year within an inspired month that is expanding within an inspired day. And you get that one decision to make or action to make. Sometimes they're so out of a blue, you're like, what? Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm going to go buy apples. And you go buy apples. And in the store right in front of you, there is a guy, for example, who has no money for his little grocery thing. So I pay for him. It turns out he's an investor. Right? So just the miraculous comes out of a guided manifestation. 
So that's what excites me now. You also brought in the concept to pay it forward into that little <laughs> thought. Great. I've seen it firsthand and I've witnessed it and everything you're talking about, I can subscribe to what you're describing. I think it, it's tidbits of amazing knowledge, chock full of us talking right now and to share in terms of your personal experiences of manifestation. In terms of your own role as a possibility coach, what has been the most rewarding experience you had working with a client over the years and helping them master manifestation and other things? Yeah, there's been so many gorgeous. First of all, Possibility Coach was came out as a, a result of my client's feedback. And a couple of years ago, I, my branding coach said, hey, you're getting a bit of a global following. You got to add something to behind your name. I'm like, really? Yeah. Headline. I'm like, okay. Okay. Up to that point, 100% of my business was done by referral. I mean, haven't marketed and spent $1 marketing. So I emailed my clients and I said, hey guys, when you refer me to somebody, what do you tell people that I do? And what came back was really gorgeous. Yeah, people were saying, I didn't think I could live another year. And now seven years in remission after cancer. I have, I didn't think I could get out of this $200,000 debt. And I'm running two businesses. And then I sobbed for weeks. And that's how Possibility Coach came to be. I didn't think it was possible. And now, so at this very moment, one of my clients that I just, it's a small thing. I have a client in Finland who three years ago would not leave her home. She had such severe, and I have permission to share her story, Irina. And so she had such a severe fear of leaving her apartment that she would not. And three years later, she's opened a cafe in Kotka in Finland, which by the way, is her second business after the successful taxi business. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's liberating. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a week. And the first step is always longest. Seven months, seven months to leave the apartment. And then things fly. Take off takes most energy. Once you're flying, once you're flying, it's easy to redirect. One of the things I enjoy, I always share on here, just when I talk to clients is having the ability that like help give, I'd say comfort and just reassuring people through my readings as a psychic medium, for example, when they're grieving a loved one, for example, or a situation intuitively. I want to ask you this, when you help put the pieces in place for somebody, isn't that just like one of the most rewarding feelings for what you get to do on a spiritual level with this stuff? Because I, I find that's something that money can't, you can't, put a value on that other than to say that it makes you feel good with meaning and purpose in life. And we're living our higher versions of ourselves and we can work with people and help them through. Like you just described, that accomplishment is massive, in my opinion. I think that words, you can't put your arms around that without saying that's a miracle or that's a breakthrough or that's just... It's, it's true. And at the end of it all, we either believe that at some level we're all one or we don't. And I happen to believe that. Now, not at a cost of sameness. I think we need to remember that we are one through uniqueness, not one through sameness. Like my body is one, but my kidney wouldn't think to do the job of a brain. <laughs> There's no conflict. And so for us, however, it's because I'm a kidney. I'm going to be looking at you and saying, you should think like a kidney. Why do you think differently? What's wrong with you? We condemn each other for our uniqueness as opposed to be recognizing it and saying we're one body. And so I think it's very important to remember we are one through our uniqueness, not through our sameness. Once you understand that, you can take a chill pill and say, you're okay. 
You think very differently. You must be a foot on the hand. We're fine. <laughs> and But I do believe that we are this one vibrating energetic field. And when you help a part of who you are, because another human being at that level is a part of who you are, the joy is immense for them and for you. And in Christ's teaching, you truly then love your neighbors yourself because you just love. But it is all one and the same. I do an interview like this with you. I feel like I have the endorphins I would if I went to the gym and worked out for an hour. If I, it lifts your vibration and it, I just feel really great after having these kind of conversations because I know that the topic itself is uplifting and it can be very empowering for people. Looking at your background, the other thing I want to ask you about is you grew up in Ukraine. Can you tell us a little about your experience living in Ukraine growing up and how it's helped you to be from where you are today as your perspective, helping others and working with you. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually born in Ukraine, but was still a part of the Soviet Union. And even though it was dying out, tyranny didn't really die out. It got inherited by the neighbor country a little bit without passing political judgment. But the system didn't die out. It just got inherited. But the what is a tyranny? And tyranny is the absence of freedom of choice, right? And by the way, I don't know why it's coming in so strongly for me. My concern for us as a gorgeous country of freedom in the U.S. is that we're going to the other side, which is a bit of, what would the word be, anarchy, when there is absence of obligation or duty. Because freedom is not the all rights and no duties, and freedom is not all duties and no rights. To me, freedom is a gorgeous balance where your duty to society guarantees you to have a right within that society. And I believe it's the same spiritual freedom. My spiritual freedom is bound only by my own limitation. I have a duty to grow this spirit. And if I fail in that duty, my spirit will experience limitation and it will feel it has no right to thrive. And that's an internal thing. I cannot blame anybody for it. But for each one of us, you can see it on a spiritual level. And so for me, growing up in a country where there was no external freedom, you couldn't choose which class to take. You had to take all sciences. You couldn't choose to leave the country. You had to have an exit visa. In my passport, you had to have an internal passport. And in your internal passport, there was a stamp that put you physically to be living in your little city. And you could not leave your little city. You could not choose a job unless the government placed you where you belonged. So when you live in the environment with extreme and like I said, it was dying out. At least if you expressed an opinion, you were no longer sent to Siberia or you were not repressed, right? But when you live in the environment with absence of external freedom, you have a luxury to understand the importance of internal freedom. And then when you run in inside and you say, whatever happens outside of me, none of you can control what happened inside of me. Once you step into that awareness and you find refuge in that awareness, you become unstoppable, really like internally unstoppable. And so then when iron curtain falls and the world falls apart and I stand on the Great Wall of China 15 years after I've envisioned myself in it, while I am in Taj Mahal 10 years after I dreamed of it, it becomes a fallout of internal unstoppable freedom. Nelson Mandela said, I found my freedom while in prison. He was not saying loud words. It actually what happens to any one of us who chooses to find it when freedoms are completely taken away. We can face the power within and say, no, I am free. 
no matter what, I'm going to live from that place. So that was a gift of growing up in, in a society without it. I have never heard a breakdown like that as eloquently as you just did that. <laughs> I could understand the concept of manifesting and thinking being in a, a part of your life where you have no freedom of decision and you've got to make those choices internally within yourself to liberate yourself. And then you envision 15 years before you're at the wall, Great Wall of China, you're there. And being able to overcome the shackles of the physical aggression of the limitations of your free will, but overcoming it through manifesting internally and realizing that escaping inwards isn't really escaping at all, but really redefining your connection with the world around you and everything that fits within it. That's pretty profound to me. Yeah. That's, that's like a yeah. Neo moment take with the matrix. <laughs> and the thing is, none of us can break free out of a prison if we deny that we are in one. That's huge. So our limiting thoughts, our description of reality, our description of who we are is our mental spiritual prison. Nobody can break us out of it. Now, people can dangle the keys. I'm dangling the keys, right? Jason is shining the light. He's, the window is right here and she has the keys to the bars. But if you're saying, I'm not in prison, I'm fine. The most damaging phrase in English language is I'm fine. Really? You're fine? Maybe grateful for everything you're going through. That's great. But my team gave me this amazing t-shirt. We were, one of my books was published. And I'm not going to say the publisher, but my, one of my book was published and everything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> and so within three days, my team and I were redoing the book so much so that the gorgeous trauma of that experience caused us to open the publishing company, which we're like launching right now. We're going to have our own publishing company. So I'm grateful for trauma. Okay. Used. But in those three days, they got these t-shirts and the t-shirts is this crazy critter on the t-shirt and it's fur standing out and it says, I'm fine. Everything is fine. I'm like, okay, if you are in that state, if you're in state of processing trauma, it's so tempting to get stuck on drama. Process trauma, allow for minimal amount of drama, and then say goodbye to drama and say, how do I heal my trauma? in a way that can impact and improve my life and the life of humanity. And it's just so gorgeous. A lot of us stay in prison because we're afraid to see the wounds of our trauma and we're protecting ourselves nonstop drama. I just, it's how you categorize the world and your paradigms. I think they have a lot to do with manifesting too. Because if you're look, if you're coming from a, a fear point of view and you're afraid, like staying in your house because you're afraid of the outside, you're not going to manifest your way out of there. You got to look at it for, you got to get outside your comfort zone as well. And you got to look at the world and frame it from a way where you can get beyond your limitations. I think that's also a critical part of it is knowing how to use manifestation abilities in your life, but then also knowing where you can contribute to those boundaries and expanding them so that you can overcome. I love with the word you use, Jason, the comfortable. I've been pondering on that quite a long time because we understand that Feeling comfortable at all times doesn't mean feeling good because a lot of us are feeling comfortable about feeling bad, right? We're comfortable feeling bad. And then a lot of us fear discomfort, but you, you, you look at the word comfort, there, it comes from that word fort. Fort is strength. Comfort is within your strength. You're comfortable because you're within your strength. Effort is outside of strength. So if you have your strengths and you step outside of comfort, you're putting in effort because you're growing the comfort zone. But to me, and I'm a very spiritual person, like I use the word God, my great overall designer, however you define your source, the way I look at it is the place where my comfort zone ends 
the com- the God's comfort zone begins. And so I'm never uncomfortable. I stay out of my little comfort into being comforted by divine power. Wow. And that to me is huge because I'm not on my own. It is when I'm comfortable to be miserable that I'm on my own. But I'm going to get out there. Why? So I can be comforted by the power that created me. That to me is a manifesting process. It's so interesting. As you said that, my spirit guide showed me an image of you in a parachute, like a spiritual parachute coming out of where you're slowly being guided on your journey through manifestation, having the ability to understand there's never such a thing as a comfort zone when you really put your hands in faith and trust in the universe and God. That's all I got for you. You just said. Accord. That's the process, right? It's the process. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So comforted. Allow yourself to be comforted. Also, a little bit about, I was watching TV before I came on here and they had a thing about artificial intelligence and these chatbots. And I want to ask you a little about your opinion on that. Because with manifestation, we know thoughts are things and we know that what we think and how we phrase it in our mind with our passion and with our authenticity can have an impact on things in our lives. I want to ask you about what's your viewpoint about it? My viewpoint of that is my viewpoint of everything that is there for me and through me. (laughs) <laughs> to expand my awareness and my soul journey. And so I think that AI, first of all, I will give you a spoiler. I'm going to be doing a TED talk on this particular topic, spirituality and AI more or less. But I think AI is a phenomenal mirror that we cannot hide our humanity from anymore. AI is going to strip us of any technical, of any informational, any non-human as non-divine activity with time where we will have to find our and redefine our humanity through our divinity. We will no longer hide behind, me, behind mechanical tasks, automated robotic tasks, pretending we are not the light that we've come to be. And stripping the mask of mediocrity, yes, it's going to be painful. And discovering the light that we are and finding what is it in me that no AI could ever do Oh, yeah, that's full-time job. So you and I, Jason, will be helping a lot of people through that particular stripping the mask of mediocrity. So AI is fantastic. It's a surgeon and surgery hurts. Come on, man. We all wish we had a little bit of anesthesia here, but it's going to hurt. But doesn't that pain? Yes. Pain, inevitable suffering, not so much. Why do you think people fear AI so much? Yes. It's not something that I'm afraid of or worry about. They fear being replaced. We've been fearing, we've been fearing to be replaced with every single economic revolution. Every time there was an economic revolution, that humanity said, oh no, this is it, we're going to be replaced. And what's been replaced every single time is a part of who we are that can be mechanized. And with that part, the spiritual part was invited to take a higher role. So far, we've batted it away. So far, we're like, I like being average. I know this whole talk about me being a divine, brilliant being. No, I'd rather not. But the time has come when we have to step into our birthright. And so here's a cool thing about AI. Think of it this way. There's a concept, whether it is in spirituality and religion in new age, the concept of ask and you shall receive. It's a powerful concept. AI is empowering us to polish that. Because it can only deliver based on the requests that we make. And so it's what is manifestation is not asking questions. Whatever questions you ask internally, 
you receive as answers externally. That is the process of manifestation. If you ask what's wrong with my boss, you're going to manifest every single wrong, wrong thing with your boss. If you're going to ask, I wonder what's going to be one thing the boss is going to surprise me with today. I wonder what's going to be a cool surprise from my boss today. Then you come home and you're like, what? That works? I got raised? What happened? And so we are invited to craft questions that will improve our capacity to create reality. That's the purpose for AI. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited that in in our lifetime, in the coming years, we're going to get to see some amazing advances. And I think it's going to be something that will really... It's a millennial kind of thing. It's a, a, it takes a millennium to, to get to where we are every thousand years of these kind of advances that are witnessing and exponential increases in our knowledge. I think it's going to be very powerful. I agree. I'd like to ask you about manifestmiracles.me. And if you could tell us a little about your class and just what our yeah. audience expect about it. Manifestmiracles.me is a free two-hour masterclass, Right. Why is it two hours? Because I just couldn't put a plug on it, so I gave it all. Is It actually is crafting a mindset for manifesting miracles. We haven't gotten to it, which is probably good, because then you can follow up with that. What I've come to realize is when we talk about mindset, it's a set of six mental faculties of perception, imagination, intuition, memory, reason, and therapy. I learned about faculties from Bob Proctor. But I've never thought of them until recent that this is the mindset set of things of your mind that can create reality. And if those six mental faculties are in harmony, we create miracles. And if they're fighting against each other, if your intuition and your reason are in conflict, you then create conflict and disappointment. So once you understand those six, once you know how to work with them, to create the reality you seek to create, you truly have a mindset for miracles. So. ManifestMiracles.me is a full two-hour masterclass that has exercises, energy shifts, and affirmations one at a time that activates all six of those mental faculty. It is for a deep spiritual seeker, somebody who says, I want it all. That sounds amazing. I'm excited. I'm going to be definitely checking that out and asking our audience to check that out as well. I need to ask you about your website, Use Your Shine. You can share that with our audience what they can expect when they go on there and check it out. Yeah. If you go to you to shine and it's why you number two shine.com. There are a couple of things. I am sold out for personal clients through 2024. So that's the only place where you can get a free 15 minute assessment as a new client. During that assessment, I'm going to find one underlying or self-sabotaging belief for you. And yes, it's plenty of time to shift it and then give you a recommendation maybe with who and my amazing team to work with. We have 10 coaches that are all lined up with a different calling and that are very unique. They're the one expert in their area on the globe. Phenomenal team of people, all givers, all very loving. And then of course, products. Our My passion, my baby passion is our app. I tell people, you might not afford $100, $200, whatever, $300 session. You can afford our app. And that's where you start. And it's empowered-me, little ambiguity. You can find that on the site as well. But that's a little bit about us. And every single one of my coaches is there because they first were a client. And they've experienced changes in their life. And they're so eager to continue this work. It's like a big family. And if you come to our little hangout, you do become a part of a family. I could say this as you're talking, I pick up 
information energetically as a psychic. And I can say that I, I keep getting glimpses of you holding your own conferences, like online virtual events, as well as physical in-present events, where you're going to have large groups of people learning the concepts we're talking about today and other concepts you're going to add to the mix. Wouldn't be surprised to hear about that within the next year or so when that happens. I'd love to have you back on to share and discuss with us anything new you're working on that you would like to disseminate to, to our audience itself. Because I find anyone that comes on here, now I learn a lot from you personally, but I love being able to have your skill set offered to our audience and anyone I know that I work with as a psychic to recommend. Because I think- Anytime, the- Jason. Anytime I, I could owe to an incredible reading that's just, that is what I see as well. And not from a place of ego, and you could probably feel that as well, from the place of, yeah, that's my soul journey. And so I would love to do that. And he, since we're planning conference, we'll just bring you and have you speak. Let's just plan. Let's just do it all here. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. Just, right? I, I have glimpses of you on a stage with a lot of people, and I know you do that already, but I think this is going to have a butterfly with expansion and all these other things that like, I think you're going to have marketing people help you to assemble a very interesting and very useful event and stream of events. So that's what I want to share with you during our interview today. Thank you. I'll take it. I receive it with nothing but deep appreciation and gratitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to ask you this in closing. If you could pick a spirit animal, what spirit animal would you be and why? I will need to pause because I got to tell you, I have three dogs and a cat. So I'm like, Let's just not go there. What comes in is a dragonfly. My spirit animal would be a dragonfly because, and I'm channeling because it spans all elements. It starts in the water and it comes to land and then it flies. And so it brings the water and the land and yet it's called dragon for the fire. So I think a dragonfly enjoying the soaring while leaning into all of the elements. I love that answer. And I believe that Dragonflies are very spiritual creatures in and of themselves, and they recommend they represent like transformation and change in life as well. So I think that definitely typifies your spirit animal. I always say owl because I have two parrots myself, and owls are wise and they're over overall looking at things from different perspectives and points of view. And I feel like that kind of encapsulates my spirit animal. Yeah, and you have a Native American owl behind you. That's really great. Oh yes. And now who wears feathers? That's pretty exciting. We can do this all day long. I want to thank Victoria for coming on the show today and sharing her wealth of experience as a possibility coach. And my favorite, one of my favorite topics is manifestation and how we can transform ourselves and whatever we can do to help ourselves heal from within. And more importantly, help ourselves heal others. We can be a catalyst of real change within our own lives and within those in our lives that benefit from what we can grow into ourselves. And I would challenge each of you to check out Victoria's website. I'm going to have it in the notes. I recommend checking out her two-hour class, manifestmiracles.me. This stuff isn't cryptic, guys. This isn't anything that you can, everyone listening to this can get their arms around this. This is reality. This is stuff like when you flip the switch to a light in your room and you walk into a dark room and the light goes on. That's what this is like. You can flip the switch in yourself and have the passion and transformation that we're discussing. And it starts in small doses, but eventually you can do huge things in your life. I 100% back up everything we're discussing because I've seen in my own life where this has happened. So check it out. Check out Victoria's information. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. 
don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Electricast.